Welcome to the very first episode of Sequelizers, the show all about fixing bad sequels to good movies. There's a good movie that was followed by a terrible sequel. You better believe we're going to try and fix it. I'm your host, Jack Chambers, and joining me are the two teams of the titular Sequelizers. Our first team is comprised of Mr. Stuart Ashen. Hello. And Alec Plowman. Hello. And our second team, Mr. Matthew Stogden. Hello. And Tom Martin. Hello. We had quite a few discussions about what film we're going to do first. We thought, why not start with the disappointing sequel to the film that defined the summer blockbuster as we know it. We're starting with Jaws 2, the follow-up to an absolute classic. And um, so why does Jaws 2 need sequelizing, gentlemen? Jaws 2, The Revenge. Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, which is an amazing tagline. Mm -hmm. And that's about all that's amazing in the film. Really. It's about the only thing that's really worth keeping, really. Yeah. <laughs> a nice poster as well. Uh, quite keen on the poster, yeah. yeah. Misleading poster. Yes, entirely misleading. That's why it's good. <laughs> I think um, the biggest problem with Jaws 2 is just that it's a complete retread of the first one. It doesn't really push the story forward. I, I get the impression that this was a sequel that came about in an era before sequels were a, a big thing. Where, where sequels were always about diminishing returns. Mm -hmm. um, this is the pre-Empire Strikes Back era. I mean, it comes out the year before Empire Strikes Back, I think. And it is, uh, in some respects, a carbon copy. You get a lot of character resets. You get a lot of character development from the first film undone. Mm -hmm. Of course, we, we don't get certain characters recurring uh, because yep. of budget and things. And it... Um, yeah, it's not not a great movie. It's also a really weird tonal shift because it goes from being, you know, quite, like Jaws aside from being a summer blockbuster is is actually quite a believable quote unquote film within the realm of summer mm. blockbusters. And the characterization and the motivations for most of the characters feel quite realistic. And then in this film, you get you know a kind of a, a, a ridiculous sequence of uh, sort of a, a, a boat exploding and kind of which is kind of really contrasted with the existing kind of mise-en-scene and iconography of the Jaws kind of world and then you've then it then kind of cuts to something that looks a little bit like something out of uh, uh, Apocalypse Now where Brody is kind of dripping sodium cyanide <laughs> into bullets and then he's screaming at the water and shooting and it's just so that was the best scene that is I mean to, uh, you know that may be part no <laughs> I think it's a bad formula. It, it sets the tone for every crappy sequel to come out mm. of there as well because you've got um, arguably, I think, more money and more uh, loyal fan base. Merchandise becomes a big thing and producer interference becomes a big thing and no longer it's about story. It's like, what will make people come back to this film? And then they don't actually know the answer to that question because they don't know what made the good film good in the first place. So they just keep throwing shit at it and just like, oh, well, let's just try this. And it's just a failure at the end of the day. Yeah, it was oddly enough, it was the highest grossing sequel at the time mm -hmm. there had ever been um, of course it went through quite famously through a load of production problems yeah. as did the original Jaws and that turned out alright but yeah. didn't quite work out director replacements huge problems with contracts with actors famously Roy Scheider came back because he had a contract with Universal Studios that he voided through leaving Deer Hunter mm. and they forced him to come back and said we'll, we'll let you off of the other film you owe us uh. if you come back and do Jaws 2 <laughs> he was like oh, fair enough he ended up getting into a literal fight with the new director Jeannot Schwark and uh, yeah it basically he said he had an absolutely terrible time one of the worst filming experiences of his life and I think it was fairly universal across mm, yeah. pun intended universal across I, I was really intrigued to read because as part of sort of our preparation for it we did a lot of research into sort of like the sort of could the, the real context around it yeah. and the fact that at one point 
Steven Spielberg was actually going to come on and direct it after they'd fired, the, I can't remember the name of the first director before. That was that John, guy. John D. Hancock. Was he John D. Hancock. Which does sound like a bit like one of those kind of uh, fake kind of director yeah. names. When they, uh, <laughs> um, when they, when they take the name off it. fake name that sounds like a euphemism for masturbation. Yeah. <laughs> and, and actually he was going to do what sounded like a really cool idea where he, apparently him and uh, one of his writing partners at the time went away for a weekend and just like bashed out a script all based all around uh, Quint's kind of Indianapolis uh, oh, sort God, of incident. Yeah, yeah. About this, yeah. like the prequel that never was, yeah, yeah. which, yeah. Would, have, which yeah. would have been amazing. Like seeing, yeah. seeing, you know, like where you get to, the, you know, where the whole kind of glassy eyes, like doll's eyes bit comes from, would have been really cool. But sadly, that never happened, and we got the pile of shit that we got. Yeah, <laughs> in the first place. just the first of multiple bad sequels. I mean, and they pretty much get worse and worse as they go oh, on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Michael Caine. I mean, you know, oh. even he can't say. <laughs> he tries like a pigeon. He does. He does. He does. For, for people who may not know, we'll tell them that Jaws three or Jaws three D, very much shot for the very mm-hmm. very primitive three D at the time, is based around an attack on SeaWorld by Ken yes. Sharp. Yeah, I watched it the day before going to SeaWorld. <laughs> that was not a good plan. Is this going to be like this bit from the IT crowd where you're just like, it's you know, a sea park. <laughs> Boy, in a sea Damn, the mash is tasty. <laughs> yeah. So uh, wow. there we go. Don't see the fourth one, Jaws: The Revenge, with Michael Caine, famously, yeah. where like a shark swims all the way around the world to kill a specific person or something. Yeah, it's, it's more absurd and it goes on and just. For, this is the best part well the worst part arguably about these films they get more and more boring mm. and for a film of that nature which, especially because the first is so tense and remains so tense I mean, if some, you've never seen Jaws before you watch it and you still are gripped in the same way you were back in the 70s if you were alive back then um, <laughs> whereby it, it's you know it's, it's a formula that still works but then you've got you know same premise bigger budget same sort of effects and it's just tedious so yeah and it's lack like suspense as well which yes. is the big yeah. which yes. is the whole big the, the, despite yeah, all the problems with the original it. one yeah and and it was interesting that you know that I remember reading in the in the research that the, the, the director actually said, "Well, you know, at the end of the day, we've seen the shark now, yeah. so we're just going to have to show it, and that just doesn't work. You can't hide really... the shark again. You can't come put it back in the boxes. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, yeah. and I think shark the, box. that's that's a fair enough point. But there's <laughs> it's like Schrodinger's shark box. Um, yeah, and you just can't do that. You know, I think you have to do that. And hopefully, yeah. we're going to fix that. Yeah, fix yeah. So the the plan for this show is we have two teams, Stuart and Alec, and Matt and Tom, and they are going to pitch ideas. To me, and in a way to you listeners, um, for fixing Jaws 2, basically. How they would recast it, get a new director, set it in a different era, whatever it is, whatever they want to do, however they want to fix this terrible, terrible movie. And um, yeah, why don't you guys start off with team names. Okay. We're going to have team names every episode themed around the, uh, the film in question. So Stuart and Alec, why don't you kick me off? What's your team name? You know, uh, we're going to go this week with the Brody Bunch. Oh, <laughs> oh, well done, well done, Brody Bunch. We're just going with uh, Street Sharks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to say I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> we're going to need a bigger plot. So yeah, have, oh, plot. We, we have like six yeah. backups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, they, we, we have a Hulk, no. Um, so, yeah. Mm. Nice. Mm. So we have the the Brody Bunch versus Street Sharks, <laughs> yeah. which is very nearly a cartoon I would love to see. Absolutely. Uh, you've Absolutely. also described our sequel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Funnily yeah. enough. Funnily yeah. enough. Uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, we're going to start off with basically elevator pitches um, and uh, Brody Bunch. 
why don't you start us off with your elevator pitch for okay. Jaws 2. Jaws 2. 20 years after the original Jaws, Martin Brody's son, Sean, teams up with Hooper and a local journalist to investigate a mysterious convergence of sharks around Amity Island. Curious. So, we've kind of gone... It went alien? Aliens. This has gone Jaws. Jawses. <laughs> Jaws Jaws That's the third one. Jaws around. Jaws, no, it'd be Jaws Jaws yeah. in space. Jaws through time. Jaws Christ. It's a good day to Jaws Jaws Christ superstar. <laughs> okay, our pitch. Sorry, super Shark would have should have been the line there. That's yes, so true. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm, it's the first episode. It's still teething problems. Yeah. We're still, we're still getting... Insert shark tooth joke. <laughs> we're, still, we're still getting in our groove. Okay, so, uh, so... Street Sharks, over to you for your elevator pitch. Thank you. Uh, Jaws 2 this is set three years after the original uh, Brody and Hooper reluctantly reunite when a group of sharks descend on Amity Island's waters as the attacks worsen they venture out to sea to ascertain what is luring the great whites close to the shores or what is driving them out of their territory oh, oh my goodness we kind of so identical <laughs> <laughs> There's quite a difference at the very least already in the time setting and uh, generational thing. So yeah, yeah, thank true. God, yes. <laughs> thank Christ. But anyway, um, oh, yeah. so yeah, we we we've gone for an idea that um, basically. As, as Alec just sort of said about the worst thing you can do is be rehash the original we kind of rehashed the original a little bit but also did some new stuff we did some, brought us some yeah, we, went back to the book a bit the idea, yeah the idea with most sequels is you know you want to have manufactured difference you want to kind of to give them a little bit of what people expect and a little bit what they don't and Force Awakens sense. yeah <laughs> so uh, you Force Awakens kind Jaws kind of anyway well, well, that, you can is it decide. called Jaws Awakens no <laughs> no <laughs> That's a really good place. <laughs> have some sharks eating out the inside of a moon and put a giant <laughs> shark face Do you want to hear us pitch it or do you want to tell us our pitch? <laughs> have you read that pitch already, yeah. Stuart? Oh my god. It's called yeah. The Last Shark, alright? You haven't seen it yet, it's not the same. Oh dear. Right. Um, so, uh, since you're so confident. Oh shit. All right. Street sharks. Why okay. Don't you kick us off with your. Right, we're going to do a whole thing. Should I do Here's, my. Should I do a my, more, my more in depth pitch. Right. Yes. So, we're going to do our vital statistics first. So, obviously, as Matt has said, uh, it's, we would have it released in 1978, which is three years after the original. Now, the first thing, uh, sort of thing, talking about Carson Cruz, director, you'd have to have Steven Spielberg back to make this work. I think. I don't care if he didn't like the, doing the first one because of the water. Get the fuck back in the water, Stephen. Exactly. And I think... <laughs> and I think subtitles? Yeah. Basically, yes. Back in the water or you're back on Columbo. <laughs> uh, basically, what we, what we decided to do is, was, was hew fairly close to the original text. So we've got Roy Scheider as, as Martin Brody. Richard Dreyfus would need to come back as Matt Hooper because, again, that relationship was so key mm-hmm. and that was something that we really felt was missing from the real Jaws 2 was that, you know, there's that horrible throwaway line of, oh, he's just out of range and it just feels like a complete cop-out. And so much of the genius of Jaws is that three-way relationship, which we'll come back to. Uh, Lorraine Gray uh, as Alan Brody, um, Murray Hamilton as uh, uh, sort of Larry Vaughan, all these existing people. But then the new cast is that we we wanted to bring Emilio Estevez in as Mike Brody. Now, because we felt that the actor, um, whom I think we've got in the notes somewhere, who plays the existing... He is named uh, Mark Gruner. Mark Gruner. No disrespect to Mark Gruner. Mark 
you done did a shit job. So yeah. We're uh, so basically, we we felt that um, that he would be someone that could kind of bring a little bit of something new to the role. He was very unknown at this point. He'd done like a role in Badlands, and obviously, he was just about to do um, Breakfast Club. Uh, Breakfast Club and and a good, a good like. Mm six years later so he was still like 16, 17 at the time it's not unheard of his dad's fucking Martin Sheen at this point so you know people will know who he was without being he could still be yesterday so I don't think his dad ever stopped being Martin Sheen <laughs> at this he point Martin Sheen. no no at one point he became Bartlett and that's how it is from now on he will always be <laughs> president he also wasn't born Martin Sheen so. that's also true he literally did become Martin yeah. Sheen <laughs> <laughs> one of the few people who literally did become Martin Sheen <laughs> there's not many people who can say that no, no literally Sheen just him um, and then uh, yeah so we just felt that'd be good and then obviously um, big big point View sort of for me uh, is sort of who's going to be the cinematographer or DOP. So we've kind of got two options depending on their availability. Um, we've got, I have to put a mispronounce this, but basically Vilmos uh, Zigmod, who basically had done Deliverance and would uh, go on to do around about this sort of time Close Encounters of the Third Kind and Deer Hunter, going for that kind of Spielberg y kind of feel. And if he wasn't available, and slash another option, because I love cinematography, someone's going to do two options. Um, we thought, given kind of the tone that we're trying to create for this film, uh, that Gordon Willis, who did uh, The Godfather, um, with that beautiful kind of shadowy, dark uh, cinematography, uh, given some of what we bring in later from a plot perspective, it kind of, mm. yeah, kind of, kind of would make sense to give the visuals that kind of thing. One other, uh, just to quickly touch, we keep John Williams on as composer as he was, but we'd ask him to do a better job than he did for George. Yeah. Too. But which we think that the the his kind of relationship with Spielberg would bring out the most, imp- almost the most important thing really uh, to bring back is Verna Fields, who is the editor from the original Jaws, and um, she is really responsible for making Jaws. Um, the film that it is. There is, if you if you watch it objectively as an editor, Jaws is full of continuity mistakes with the sea state, state, and all of these different challenges that we alluded to in production. It was basically her that took all of this disparate footage uh, with the shark not working, the original made it work. So I think to have a cohesive Jaws two that would work, the original team would need to, to yeah. come back. I have no idea why, but I th- I'm pretty sure this is also her last film edited. She didn't like die until no. I think she actually. Why she did she stop? She I'm became. She was it. rewarded by my. I read about with it. her freedom. She was rewarded. <laughs> she was rewarded with like um, a staff position in Universal. She was one of the. Oh, she was quite yes, high up right. um, yes. at Universal. Executive position. Yeah, executive yeah, yeah. position. So well, she she can have that after she's after she's done this film. <laughs> so, so here's our. We're gonna we're gonna alternate through this at key points in the plot. <clears throat> so we'll start with me set three years after the events in Jaws Chief Brody sits on the beach while everyone enjoys the summer sun his son Mike goes out in the boat with his friends while his wife Ellen reassures him that everything will be fine soon enough a shark emerges and violently mauls everyone on the boat Brody fires wildly into the ocean as holiday, holiday makers scatter with only his wife's screams and the gunfire ringing in his ears suddenly Brody wakes up covered in sweat looking for his gun his wife tries to calm him but she catches the back of his hand it's evident that uh uh, she's trying to be patient, but Brody's uh, growing increasingly unstable. So we've kept the key shark shooting scene in because shooting it's, just water, yeah. it's ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous and amazing. Um, so at this point, we then learn that Matt Hooper has moved away from Amity Island to teach at a university in Michigan, feeling it was suitably inland and away from sharks. And he's giving a lecture on animals that prey on sharks. Later that day, Hooper goes to a cinema and watches Moby Dick, but has flashbacks of the events in Jaws and starts laughing hysterically causing other patrons to be kind of a bit disturbed and leave. A water skiing shark attack happens and two Amity Islanders are killed. 
Meanwhile, Mayor Larry Vaughan is visited by members of the Paniero crime family who explain that they entered into a joint venture to run the hotels of Amity Island. And despite the passage of time, the shark incident has been bad for business. They explain if profits don't show immediate improvement, Vaughan will be paying the price. Brody learns of the attack and contacts Hoopla, who initially wants nothing to do with it. Brody then goes to Vaughan, who explains that for the good of the town, the beaches need to stay open. Brody doesn't understand how he can be in such denial after the events of the original Jaws just three years before. Um, at that point, Hooper shows up at Brody's house, and both he and Ellen show a moment of understanding. Um, Brody arrives home and gets angry at Hooper, insinuating he's a coward for running away in the first place and to stay away from his wife. During this ensuing fight, the phone rings and Brody learns that there's a pair of sharks that are tearing through patrons of the beach. They all rush down, they arrive at the scene, and we witness this hideous massacre as two great white sharks are just shredding swimmers. Uh, Mike Brody is present, but got out of the ocean in time. Um, several boats harpoon and kill the sharks very quickly. While everyone is celebrating, Mayor Vaughan uses the opportunity to praise their so-called shark defences and publicises the corpse as the, in inverted commas, parents of Jaws, and the threat is gone for good. This seems to appease one of the Mafia goons who's been shadowing Vaughan the entire time. Um, Hooper explains that the attack defies all logic and experience. Hooper then suggests to Brody that the shark attacks aren't random and won't simply stop. Something is driving them from their feeding ground. After a fight with Ellen, Brody explains neither he nor Hooper want to go, but they have to. So then we kind of see a return to the kind of uh, third act of structure of the original Jaws, where we have our heroes sailing far out into the ocean. So Hooper and Brody are having a conversation about Ellen and how Hooper is no one, and Brody is pushing away the only person he has. At this very point, they discover that his son Mike has stowed away on board. Brody is understandably furious and, t and starts to turn the boat around, only to discover that the controls have become unresponsive. Mike says he can't see signs of fins, and Hooper explains it's because they're not in the presence of a shark. From the depths, a sonar cry is heard, and the boat starts to roll uncontrollably. The men lock themselves in the cabin as the boat tips upside down, creating an underwater viewing station. As the water slowly starts to rush in, they panic, and Mike spots an orca whale swimming towards the boat. Eventually, it crashes through the window, revealing a huge scar along its face, littered with shark teeth and several puncture marks in its hide from whaler attacks. Mm. The impact pushes the boat around again, and the group manage to escape to the hull of the overturned vessel. At this point, all very uh, chaotic and, and shouty in man these splashing waves, Hooper explains that this rogue animal is the product of whaling and mankind's actions in the sea. As he says this, he is torn from the boat and toyed with before being devoured. Uh, Mike finds a floating box and pulls a flare gun from it. Uh, taking the gun from his son, Brody shoots the charging whale in the eye, disorientating it. Looking around for other weapons, Brody notices the fuel leaking from the boat. He orders his son to swim away from the boat on, uh, on some debris while he attracts the whale. The whale takes the bait, thankfully, and charges towards the boat. As he gets in range, Brody fires the gun, igniting the fuel-covered animal, and he is sent flying through the air. Uh, with the whale dead, Mike um, swims to his father and keeps him afloat, and he slowly rouses consciousness. Uh, comes around and they joke about how they're going to get back to shore. Roll credits. There we go. So well done, gentlemen. Well done. Mm. So hopefully, kind of a like put a lot of things back from the book. Yeah. A lot of things back. That, that for example, the, the Moby Dick scene was originally supposed to be in the original Jaws. But they couldn't mm. get the rights to do Moby Dick, and it was quaint at the time. But 
we're dealing with PTSD and potential stuff, but we'll come back to Mark later. Yeah. Once you guys yeah, have once said you guys have done how your, different yours, yours is, is going to be. Ooh, right. different. <clears throat> My word, ours is different. <laughs> <laughs> ours is pretty bad shit. Yours is pretty bad shit. They're going to be aliens. <laughs> you might so many aliens. The shark. Oh, oh, Jesus. That's the title of the first episode. Yeah. So, over to you, Brody Bunch. Right, okay. Okay, ours is set in 1995. Mm-hmm. Director Steven Spielberg, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I would actually like to use a lot of the crew that Spielberg was using at the time. So actually a lot of the people who worked on Jurassic Park mm-hmm. um, in terms of cinematography, in terms of editing. Because actually, I think ours has more of a feel of being a Spielbergian movie in the sense of what a Spielbergian movie became after Jaws. Oh, so we are in, big bombastic. We yeah. are in full-on... I was going to say, I was glad you said Jurassic yeah. Park. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a shot. We're wearing in... a red jacket. <laughs> is now. <laughs> we are in yeah full yeah. on full mm. on Spielberg territory with this. Cool. Um, so our cast we have um, oh and of course John Williams doing music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of um, goes without saying at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we have uh, Richard Dreyfuss returning as Hooper. Uh, we've gone a bit left field with Sean Brody, and our choice is Chris O'Donnell. To oh. play the uh, yeah, <laughs> Chris O'Donnell fresh off of the Three Musketeers at that point. Yeah, yeah. that is correct. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Sean Brody is Martin Brody's youngest. Yes, son, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and from what I recall, we couldn't get the original actor because he had some kind of terrible checkers. <laughs> oh, yeah, the original actor. He never acted anything else. The original Sean Brody, and is now a convicted sex offender. So. <laughs> Yeah. I'm pretty confident that Chris O'Donnell will do a better yeah, job. Yeah, he, he's yeah. the real monster. <laughs> <laughs> so we weren't so far away. So, okay, so our journalist character called Judy is played by Nicole Kidman. Mm. Uh, so you may notice we've poached the people from, from Batman. <laughs> <laughs> If every film comes Batman fucking forever, we're going to put the with, uh, with, with Jim Carrey as the shark. <laughs> Hiya! Oh my god. Uh, no, the um, our mayor character is played by John Goodman. Oh, well. good shout. Interesting. Um, okay. yeah. So, the themes. The prolific Spielbergian trope of a missing father figure and the finding of a new father figure and somebody mm-hmm. stepping up to the role of fatherhood in an unlikely place is, is a shark a... <laughs> no even we couldn't go that far <laughs> we almost did <laughs> we don't talk about that draft <laughs> we call that the shark dance <laughs> um, played by Bill Crosby it's a terrible <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of sex events <laughs> oh my god I'm glad you um, went there Jack <laughs> so um, <coughs> other themes local community taking back control from faceless corporate ownership mm. The sharks in our film are a metaphor, and the question that is raised is, who is the more deadly shark, the sharks or the business sharks? Mm, the that's, sharks. That's, uh, yes, the yes absolutely. Sharks. Done. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Coming, everyone. <laughs> um, right. Okay. Martin Brody has died. His youngest son, Sean, now a policeman himself, returns to Amity Island for the funeral. There are only three people in attendance. Himself, Hooper, and local journalist Judy. Sean explains that after the Amity Island incident, Brody suffered terribly from post-traumatic stress disorder and drove the family away, with only Sean staying in touch. Brody, 
became increasingly obsessed with sharks, becoming convinced that they're telepathic, <laughs> and congregating on Amity Island to avenge the death of Bruce from the first film. He blamed but Bruce as the shark. shark the first yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not some guy called Bruce. Yeah. It's not Jim Carrey as Bruce. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, he blamed all the island's accidental aquatic deaths and disappearances on shark attacks. This isolated him from the townspeople, and the final straw came when he unloaded a full clip of ammunition into the ocean, convinced that sharks were attacking. He was then dismissed from the police, uh, later diagnosed with Alzheimer's, which is the disease that killed Judy is investigating a corporation that now owns a lot of the town. She suspects that they're dumping chemicals into the sea. The townspeople generally dislike the corporation and are suspicious of their plan to build a new marine research facility out at sea, a facility that is already under construction. She asks Sean to look through his father's things to see if there is any information about what the corporation is up to. Brody's house is covered in papers and books about sharks. The walls are covered in photos and maps connected by bits of string. He is a man obsessed. Hooper looks over it and thinks most of it is nuts, especially the telepathy nonsense and sharks wanting revenge. But the core research of sharks congregating and picking people off is sound, backed by the evidence that seems to have been covered up. Sean and Hooper call Jody over and the three go full Scooby gang. They build on Brody's information and work out that the corporation has indeed been pumping chemicals into the sea since the mid-70s, and the chemicals seem to be what's attracting the sharks. They go out in a boat to take long-lens photos of the restricted area where they suspect the chemicals are being dumped, but are hassled by two sharks before they can even get close. They go to the mayor, but the entire local government is in the pocket of the corporation. A tourist boat that ferries people around the sites of the original incident is capsized with no survivors. This drives Sean, Hooper and Judy to go public. The mayor has a meeting with the corporation who assure him that the vibration devices they're fitting to the new research facility will repel the sharks. The trio hold a town hall meeting to warn the locals, but the mayor shows up to discredit them. He claims that all of Brody's research was nonsense fueled by his deteriorating health and brings up various embarrassing incidents. He attempts to explain away the photos that they have of the two sharks attacking their boat with less success. Many locals are loyal to the corporation and the mayor, but some of the older ones are ex-fishermen who are now scraping a living in the tourist trade. They believe the sharks are real and have eaten all the fish out of the water and are now coming for the humans as a result. Hooper becomes suspicious that the new research facility under construction may be another big chemical dump. They devise a plan to sneak their boat out to the construction site at night to gather evidence, whilst Judy and some of the locals distract the corporation's guards with a couple of fishing boats. Things don't go to plan, however. There are more guards than expected and they're heavily armed. Judy and the locals just manage to escape, but Sean and Hooper are caught almost immediately when they disembark on the construction site, which is in a very early state and mostly a mass of floating platforms and gantries. True to their suspicions, there is a mass of waste pipes fitted already. Hooper throws a fit and swings wildly at the guards, who threaten to shoot him. Raging, he smashes up a console, which causes the guards to panic. It's the vibration device used to repel the sharks. With it gone, the sharks immediately converge on the area and start attacking the boats. Sean and Hooper get the harpoons loaded on their boat just before it's destroyed, and fight together with the guards to fend off the sharks, but are overwhelmed. They make a final stand on the central platform, but just before all is lost, Judy appears with a large flotilla of boats. Most of the locals have come out to save them. They cause enough chaos to allow Sean and Hooper to board a boat and escape. We see the corporation's facilities being shut down, the mayor being arrested, and military boats sweeping the area to kill the sharks. 
because we wanted the very final ending so there can be no Jaws 3D. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that in the two regards. Well, first of all, I like it sounds like mixed between Flipper and Sequest DSV. Yeah. And also, <laughs> it doesn't have like a sequel to our, well. show, our Jaws film. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't I have? Didn't Sequest DSV have George Schneider in as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 at the yeah. end, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure he took a, is, is replaced by Michael Ironside. Oh, that's my that's the limitation of my knowledge about Sequest DSV. Excellent. We would like to point out that the sharks having telepathy thing is something that Brody seemed to actually believe in the first film. Mm. Second one, not the first one, bloody hell. Yes, I was going to say, that's not the joke. Also, Michael Caine was in the first one. So, why Joe, take your meds. So, Brody Bunch, I'm going to give you a chance to ask questions and pick apart your opponent's pitch. Street Sharks, be ready to defend. We're ready, we're ready, we're ready. We've got fists strong. My God, they literally have. Like Street Sharks. Yeah. My, my first question, I know this answer will disappoint me, but you literally said there was a water skiing shark incident. Mm. Please tell me the shark was water skiing. <laughs> <laughs> um, sadly not. We, oh. we, we meant more along, more along like the lines. It replicates what's already in the But not, yeah. not yeah. shit. Not with, yeah, basically not shit, not with a stupid explosion, more gory and dark and people getting shredded up. And It might have a moment like Lady of the Tramp where he uh, eats the water ski um, board <laughs> and then <laughs> <to> the boat. <laughs> if that's what you mean. Are you implying something? Some kind of shark romance. Yeah, with, <laughs> with a boat. boat. With a boat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. He just wants to be with boats. Yeah. Or yeah. she. It. It's a bit yeah. Like muscle up jaws. Mm. But, um, yeah. Does that um, we please? <laughs> we liked the the mafia thing. That yeah, seemed okay, suitably yeah. CD in a way. That that's yeah. why we that thought that was a bit of extra uh, problems for the people. Well, there, well, what yeah. we what we felt twofold. Well, one that explains why we we're talking about the kind of Godfather Gordon Willis thing. We felt we wanted to have a little bit of that darkness in permeating the whole thing. Mm. But also we felt it kind of gave. Uh, a lot of the problem with Jaws 2 as we've alluded to is the fact that a lot of people just do stupid things for no reason and the mm. fact that the mayor would be the mayor clearly needed to be under pressure to actually behave mm. in he a should have as much way. PTSD as everyone else yeah. he's still yeah. a survivor as well because it's like he's the mayor that got half the town Cal- or what the yeah. fuck ever um, so he it's, it's such a weird reaction to just say Beaches open. Yeah, which so is what he basically does in Jaws 2. Yes. So we felt that he needed to have pressure from an outside source that would, you know, force him to behave in a way that then would let us mm. progress the plot. And, which again uh, is present in the original yeah. book that Jaws yeah. is based on. Yeah. And apparently was going to be the initial plot for the film before it was scrapped yeah. because it was too dark and they wanted more yeah. shark stuff. Yeah. And I was like, God yeah. damn it. So again, it, it, also another thing that's in the original book is that Hooper and, and Brody's wife have an affair. Mm. So we thought we'd mm. allude to bits yeah. of that without actually going full mm-hmm. hope. The first book is kind of a metaphor for divorce on some levels. Yes. Yeah. Something like that. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So we thought we'd yeah. give it a little bit of a nod to it and give yeah. a bit more character development rather than... Yeah. But you may be asking us questions. Moby Dick turns up, which I like, mm. and as we said, has some presence there. Um, my only real thing is the other... Oh, the beaches have got to close. No, they've got to stay open. That kind of happened in the first one. It's oh, yeah, we know a that. retread of yeah. that there, but not, not a massive problem, I'm going to say. Can I... Uh, one question I had was: mm. Was the uh, all of the stuff with the gasoline and the boats was that inspired by Jaws the Ride at Universal <laughs> Studios? Actually, no, because I've never ridden that ride. No, same. No, I was oh. really disappointed when I went to Universal at, um, in Florida a few years ago. They literally just shut it off to build more bloody uh, Harry Potter. Having stuff. said that, I'm going to Osaka and they do have Jaws, and so I'm going to visit them. So I will see do it. it, and I'll just say, "I thought of this. <laughs> <laughs> what does she want?" No. <laughs> <laughs> they've, um, they've taken away the fire now, though. Yeah. Oh, so what I, the fuck! I went in the in the nineties, and the, like 
that there was so much fire it was ridiculous and like you came out with no eyebrows <laughs> I think because it was I think you described so... why they took the fire away <laughs> yeah. Yeah. are you sure it just wasn't on fire at the time yeah. Yeah. Like, just, just repressing memories <laughs> yeah. I think it's one of those things of like how do you get rid of it? like for example like in Jaws 2 I must confess the, the cable island thing makes a bit of sense I mean yeah okay you've got electricity why not I mean yeah. I don't know how electricity works with, I don't. I don't think the sea is a conductor because lightning must strike it all the time. So that it is a conductor. It's just yeah. not, not. It doesn't carry far enough. Yeah. 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 Good. Yeah. Okay. This person yeah. science. science. But no, it's, it's, it's a physics degree. Yeah. Everybody. Without them going like with stuff that might actually be the. Again, I, I didn't like the idea of like. I mean, even the flare gun was a bit of a sort of like. You know, oh look, that's quite convenient. But um, the fuel thing was just a true case of. Eh, the boat's been rolled over and and tossed. That would that would cooking all anything would gone. Well, so yeah. Any other criticism? There's questions, not criticism. They have any problems with anything. <laughs> it's gold. What the hell's wrong? <laughs> no, it all held together for me. Yeah, I was. I um, I liked the, I liked the um, the proximity to the first one. I liked building on the um, on the Brody and and Hooper relationship, and I liked bringing in uh, the son. My only question, I guess, mm-hmm. is that. I felt like, and obviously it's just, uh, you know, like four paragraphs, but mm-hmm. the sun seemed a bit like... Oh, he's tacked on. Yeah. 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 Well, it's like, one of those annoying things of like, when we when writing the synopsis, maybe in future episodes we'll get to this better, who knows. Um, but yeah, it was more the case of like, we'd have maybe a couple of establishing yeah. bits or... or I think there'll be some interactions, um, yeah, and and some scenes throughout, but but they're not just, crucial. Just so that he's yeah. there as a yeah. And for example, he's in the opening a dream sequence. He's in the attack at the beach. He's he's around, and we'd have obviously elements of him. But the one big, well, not the one big, but one of the biggest problems with Jaws two, those goddamn annoying kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. they kind of yeah. ruin it. That's why we we yeah. took him out because they're just, just make not... one child and a connection. And again, as you say, it's the it's the father son thing in Spielberg and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's the bonding yeah. between both. And, it, and it's that move from... How Brody fails pretty much all the time. <laughs> and it's that move on to that... It's kind of what you've done, but at much like only three years instead of 20, that kind of generational thing and kind of that passing on of the, yeah. the yeah. generational idea and the obviously, you know, at the exit of Cooper and... Uh, of Hooper, rather, and, um, you know, that sort of le- leading things on. Yeah, so, what has happened to Sean in Wars? Uh, he's too young. To, to be kind of he's, so he's, he's there just, he's just I mean he's there around, I mean, he's just yeah. much like yeah. in the first one yeah, Mike, yeah. Mike's a teenager he's going out and, and yeah. the other kids I think just probably just playing indoors more yeah. than anything else yeah yeah, yeah. Makes sense to me. yeah. yeah. I, I mean we could do the whole because I think the problem is that you've got a teenager that's some sort of capability as far as mm. I'm going to be able to swim back home after this incident I'm going to be able to yeah. fire a flag I'll recognise what one is not like, oh daddy help me please oh god for <laughs> I mean, that was almost two hours of that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, was, that, was, that was incredible cast as Sean Brody yeah. Matt Stockton yeah. <laughs> hello you have to shake that I was I was uh, luxuriant beard I was minus six in 1978 so there you go. I can't minus I can't six. six uh can we ask questions about yeah. Yeah. Please Let, Let's reverse the roles. Yeah. Street Sharks. When you try and pick sure. apart. But most of all, I, I like the themes. Because again, our film was very much like gritty 70s rears and what are we capable of doing at the time. One of the reasons we went with an orca shark, well, or whale, sorry, was because you can train all the whales. So there's no less of the animatronic stuff. But 90s, digital effects coming up rather well and the corporation stuff and the acts, everything feels it like a 90s like film. A really, yeah. It felt like a really cool... Um, 
like it felt like a really cool kind of companion piece to, it, it almost felt like as if I could imagine it being that like around um, I'm probably messing with your time here but like actually in 1995 it felt like it could have been that, that Spielberg made this instead of a sequel to Jurassic Park I think it's, yeah by the time we set on 90s because we wanted to do I think we had the idea of um, of it being uh, Sean Sean Brody mm. kind of, of the generational thing and of the coming back and we quite liked that. And by the time we sat down and did the maths and worked out it would have to be a 90s movie, mm. I think we then very much got into the spirit of writing it like it no, was 1995. Yeah. That doesn't even have the question, though, about Mike. Because obviously we picked Mike because he's the first yeah. one. What happened so why Sean? I mean, I, mm. I well, we liked the bit in... It's what we picked up from the bit in, um, in Jules, which mm. is the give daddy a kiss. Why? Yes. Because I need it. So we like the idea that Sean you is the one who's yeah. got mm. that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Sean the... was young enough to not quite remember. And not yeah, have, not, not be quite so PTSD way. kind yeah. of. Yeah, that, yeah. Makes, that yeah. makes sense. I like that. Yeah. So did, <clears throat> I'm trying, I, I was paying attention, but... <laughs> Did you say what happened to Mike? But what equally, I was playing. They moved, moved away. Just moved away. There's a last five or so you said, yeah, yeah. Soon after the incident, the just like, is it's cut off. Yeah, and yeah all three of them yeah. have left, but Sean is the only one. Who yeah, because he's, he's, he's yeah. feels yeah, like it, it feels very. I really like. I can imagine just visually. Yeah, it feels very kind of that the Spielbergian tropes of the kind of the man from sort of ET and the, the, the those kind of you know those kind of government corporation kind of yes. thing and and just. Yeah, it feels very. Um, I really like the, the sort of the opening with the you know again that kind of that return that theme of returning back to home and the idea whether you can do that or not and that's obviously being linked to the kind of absent father thing and it's got some really strong Spielbergian well, ideas that would really work. We like and something obviously because it is just a you know um, a short thing something we didn't go into is I think we quite like the idea of Hooper sort of having to assume that more the, the wrong, wrong, yeah, with somebody right, who's right. dealing yeah. with the grief of the dad that he never really had and the fact that even though he stuck mm. by his dad he was absent so the idea <laughs> and it's interesting because I think when we first started talking about it it was um, Sean and um, and it was um, Main Brody Martin Brody oh, yeah. Main Brody it was, yeah it was Sean Brody, 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 Brody. Brody. Yeah. Yeah. it was um, Sean and Martin Brody but yeah. I think we like the idea A just of bringing Richard Dreyfuss into it yes yeah. Yeah, so um, I, yeah. I agree with you I think that's a solid choice because I think it just Old ass Shider would have been so. I think that might have sunk the film also yeah. this is a silly observation was like with the flotilla at the end was, was it Nicole Kidman leading the flotilla at the end all I saw on was, a BMX. Yeah. All, all I saw was Waterworld and got because yeah. like, oh, I jet skis and I thought Waterworld was around about that time as well. That was, nice. that yeah, was a, yeah, was a bad yeah, yeah. time for water films. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I assume because it's, it's, it's like you said about flotillas. I thought Waterworld, and the whole thing was like, oh god, Waterworld. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were basically we're having your own PTSD. Yeah, exactly. Basically, just put sharks on Waterworld. <laughs> that, that is what we did. Yeah, you did, and it, it kind of worked, but. But you didn't make not like jet skis. like Hooper a fucking mutant, so it's all right. Yeah. 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 Oh. Although I see Alex shot. You did put telepathy in there, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not really. Just to be um, poked fun at, but yes. yeah, Alec did shoot down my idea of having Robo Quint come back. Oh. <laughs> oh. Telling him oh, foreshadowing. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've already hinted at future episodes here. Yeah. <laughs> the listeners don't even know what's happening yet. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. You both went. Obviously, keeping Spielberg, keeping Williams, 
um, Dreyfus coming back is they're kind of the obvious choices for yes. a sequel um, you went in very different directions with the children which I thought was good going with Mike and going with Sean um, Team Mike <laughs> team Mike and Team Sean is that what we're going for team now Sean. Sean. <laughs> Sean. it's our new team name Sean B yeah um, Mike the Street Shark Mike the, there was one called Mike <laughs> <laughs> it's a very 90s like we do with a little street shark that could <laughs> <laughs> a street shark called Design <laughs> that's the title of the episode again <laughs> yeah, the, where, tangent there. where the street sharks have oh the rest of the episode is just fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, 20 minutes of episode, four hours of street <laughs> shark related outtake. Uh, question for the Brody Bunch. How do you think um, Spielberg in 1995 post-Jurassic Park would affect how he would approach this sequel? In what way do you mean? What specifically? Like, um, um, why, why pitch it in 1995? What, what makes Spielberg in 1995 interesting as a I director compared to doing it? Like they did from Spielberg's point of view, it's a bit like um, when Lucas saw Jurassic Park and went, "Now, now is the time I can do what I want to do with Star Wars and fuck it all up like a cretin." (laughs) Um, I don't think he probably said that. (laughs) Equally, I think Spielberg is now thinking with CGI, we can now Mm. actually have multiple sharks. And while we can still have the puppets, we he can made dinosaurs work. I think yes, that's exactly yeah. it. We can now go back and do the. If you can do dinosaurs, you yeah. can do sharks. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we also, though, we like the idea of the years later thing, just to keep it a bit of distance, because yeah. then we yeah. can bring in yeah. that corporate stuff. Mm-hmm. And we found ourselves just because I don't think we didn't initially commit on Steven Spielberg, did we? No, and we then we slow. found it ended up being very Spielbergian. In like a very different sort of way, yeah, in yeah. like a like post Indiana well, Jones more of kind a of spectacle film, director, yeah. yeah, but also with the the family themes and things. Yeah. So yeah, because we'd yeah initially we were open to somebody else, but that just ended up being the way it. There's a super eight thing where JJ Abrams just makes a Spielberg film and everyone yeah. goes, "Did Spielberg yes. it's like, No, we didn't. Oh, <laughs> I think weird. he might make the ending work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then they all fly away. It's oh, wonderful. <laughs> um. Sorry, I cut you off there. So my main question for you guys yeah. is um, the mafia side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you leave it on a little bit of a cliffhanger there. Yeah. Are you, are you thinking... Just three. Because you, you guys, the Brody Bunch, very much tied it up. And as you said, Stuart, you want nothing to do with no, no possible Jaws 3. Michael Caine can do another film to get a house. I think exactly. you can do a Jaws 3 with the Dennis Quaid. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it's that thing of, obviously trying to keep it in the context that potentially you know maybe another 10 years later come back and, and or even do something similar to the Brody Bunch you've done sort of your 20 Jaws years later your Jaws 3 is their Jaws yeah, 2 yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> your Hooper is a robo yeah <laughs> <laughs> quite <laughs> that needs to go on a t-shirt <laughs> so Hooper's a robo <laughs> so yeah I think that's 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 the that's the kind of thing is that and also I think that you know maybe you know, I'm trying to make too much of like a larger, broader theme. But I think it's that thing. You know, the mafia doesn't doesn't go away just because you know. Yes, it's like sharks. Sharks. Are never, you're never going to solve the shark problem no. because you're never going to solve solve crime problem. They're cr- this, the, the sharks of crime. God damn it! <laughs> the, crime, the sharks of crime. Yeah, and it's the idea that when when um, combating nature, there's that stupid understanding that it's like, oh, I'm I want to quote Godzilla, um, but thinking you're in control mindset. And the idea is, in this case, it's like, oh, no, we'll just solve the shark problem. It's like, what, are you going to kill all the sharks? Mm. It's like, no. Well, there'll always be something else in the ocean. There's always something else to get you because you, you know, whatever. And the same thing with, with the mafia. It's like, there will always be something mm. coming for you. Even if this mafia goes, the Irish mob come in. There's always someone out there who's going to take over 
No, like, you know, cut off a head and mm. things sprouts yeah. out of its place. So, you know. Which, which is a similar thing with your corporations. I think that's yeah. the, kind of the, the seedy background for the both of you. Gone in very different directions, mm. but in a similar Similar tone, yeah. yeah. I, we like the idea of relating that back to the um, the first film as mm. well. The idea that this is endemic and has been going on for, for mm. years in I, the background. Um I think I was to say, I think it works quite nicely with that kind of that sort of faded, you know, the kind of the the idea of, and that's I think we'd like to kind of bring that out in the cinematography, the idea of you know seaside towns are very seasonal, you know that, that's t- tacked back to the idea in Jaws where it's like you know we've got to have a good season, and obviously in the summer it's all really smiles, but then out of season it's quite a dark, quite I also dingy kind of place. seaside towns, yeah, and <laughs> whales. And I mean, it'd be thinking like, oh, seaside towns are a place you can get yeah. donkey rides and ice cream in this country at least. Um, I don't get in America. Um, but then if you think about like Boardwalk Empire and Jersey Shore yeah. people get shivved up under the boards that's yeah. just how it goes yeah. it's a bad place to start watching Jersey Shore <laughs> yeah a lot of, lot of gorilla so, so yeah so with that back we wanted to really bring that kind of underbelly out mm-hmm. there's the, a desperation the, the... when you're desperate for money and yeah. if you get in with criminal element or if you get desperate and start training sharks so you're kind of so you're kind of behind it between like a yeah. kind of a you know a rock and a hard place where mm. you've got the, the sharks coming in from the shore and you've got the the mafia coming in from the other way to yep. pressure up the characters. Again, the corporation thing, I really like that sort of exactly. similar. Yeah, it's a really yeah. nice... I've, we also quite like the idea of the dilapidated seaside town yeah. as well. Yes, and I must admit. The I... idea of this 20 years on and it's not that anymore. Yeah. Because Amity Island is so idyllic in the first one and that's yeah. part of the reason why the, the terror resonates <clears throat> is because it seems so perfect and mm-hmm. then it all goes horribly mm-hmm. wrong we like the idea of flipping that on its head and Amity Island being just a, a ghost town mm. and like all of the industry having yeah. dried up I, I think the bridge in the time scale between kind of fake between our film and your film if there was like sequels in between mm. if we say for argument's sake yours is Jaws 4 no offence um <laughs> And I'll see Jaws 2. But Jaws 3, in the meantime... I think, would... I think they're taking offence. No, 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 no. I just said no offence. You can't take offence. Um, no, it, it, the Jaws 3, which would bridge it, would be the idea that, you know, you get the... Oh, God, I'm actually going to bring up Blair Witch 2 now. Um, the idea that you get people who want to see sharks. Shark chases coming out mm. to see where, the, where it all happened, where it went down. And then it gets dilapidated because of it, because it becomes this sort of, like, non-associated place. And then, it, as you say, people step in, and it is this just run-down place people don't care about. Anymore. And you've kind of tapped on that. We like the idea of that sort of yeah, nostalgia yeah. idea, the fact that there's the, 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 the tall group yeah, kind the of thing. Tall, yeah. Which was what, a reference was to say. Jules the Riding yeah. Universe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. With, yeah. Yeah. I liked it. It's a ride that comes to life and gets destroyed in your movie. A lot of fire, apparently. Yeah. Lots of fire. Yeah, there would be a lot of fire. <laughs> More than a bloody yeah. well is at Universal Studios these days. Steven anyway. Spielberg would buy them out of napalm. Yep. So. Got a tagline of it, it will remove your eyebrow. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Just when you thought it was safe to have eyebrows. Just when you thought it was safe to have eyebrows. Yeah. Jules do. I assume you got, have, have you guys I'm throwing this at you out of the blue have you guys got taglines or are you sticking with just when you put it the same oh, yeah. it's, got, it's, it's, it's one so of the most it's, it's so good it's yeah. so the most iconic taglines yeah. of all yeah. time and I think that you know that and the uh, the shooting at Waterbeer are clearly the most iconic I'm, yeah. I'm amazed how many people think that's the tagline yeah. of the first, first film oh, yeah, definitely. not yeah, like not like how could it be the tagline to the first? Because <laughs> it's going world? back in the yeah. water. <laughs> like you haven't been in the water the first time. Exactly, because went for a pre-swim, you know, washdown in the water. So you're back safe in. to dip your toes in. Yeah, it's super weird. Yeah. So as host, I guess it is my duty and responsibility to decide which one is actually going to be made, as I am the effective studio executive in this. Um, yeah. And uh, I think. Brody Bunch. Uh, yeah. 
episode one. I very much like the um, corporate thing. I'm a bit of a, a tree hugging eco eco warrior vegetarian. So Ooh, going right, for the kind of that for next <laughs> time. Yeah. Right, okay, let's quickly turn to Batman is vegetarian. <laughs> Batman forever. Vegetarian is Forever vegetarian. Vegetarian. Yeah. So uh, I really really like the, the corporate side of things. I think bringing in kind of an environmental element to it and having corporations are always a problem they always will be they always have been and a lot of sci-fi and, and movies and fiction and stuff deals with that in interesting ways i like the kind of thematic things of the, the corporations are the real problem you guys had that as well the, the business shark kind of things um but i think the corporations is just a, a little bit of a stronger time a little bit of a uh, a more topical theme today <laughs> and in 1995 as well so uh yeah pretty much very well done. No, that's a solid film. I, I think yeah, it's a nice I, I, I to be honest, yeah. yeah. yeah no, to be, to be yeah. fair, if we could have yours as Jaws 2 and theirs as Jaws 3, oh, I'd be pretty happy with that oh, as well. Yeah. Yeah. I like that we found the way to make not one but two Jaws sequels. Yeah. 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 The film that Together. we... Together. Yeah. The film that everybody's yeah. like doesn't need a sequel. It's and like, well, we got two fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> All it takes is for our Hooper not to die. Yeah. Which yeah. really yeah. isn't that hard. It's just, yeah. yeah. But cool, yeah. All you need is Robo Hooper. Nailed it. There, there you go. Um, so that wraps us up for the first ever episode of Sequelizers. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at Sequelizers. That's spelled with an S, not a Z. There was some contention <laughs> in, was, it, yeah. in the ranks. British, damn it. We, we, we should clarify that's three S's. Yeah. <laughs> just, two S's like, and a Z. Yeah, it's like, of course, Sequelizers, but with an S. Requelizers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start a sister podcast called Requalizers. Yeah. <laughs> no idea what it's about. It's a shadow podcast. <laughs> it's the street sharks crying. Nice. Um, you can follow the show at Sequelizers, as you said, Matt, with three S's. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I host a bunch of podcasts and things like that. I'm at JLW Chambers on Twitter. Stuart, how about you? I am at Ashens, and you can find me on YouTube where I live like a worm. <laughs> uh, I'm at uh, Alec underscore Plowman, that's P-L-O-W-M-A-N, or alecplowman.com, where you can check my rarely updated website. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I run a production company called Forward, so you can find uh, us on Twitter at, at, at MadeByForward, uh, and you can also visit our website, www.weareforward.uk, where you can check out some of the work that we do. Um, I'm a director and a film critic, so there's two very brief plugs. First of all is my reviews are all kept online at theredrighthand.co.uk. They're based on UK release dates, so don't start emailing in Americans. I know you love to. <laughs> it's already out. Why are you saying it's not released yet? Um, and also I'm a director with Cheese Mint Productions. It's spelled like it sounds ridiculously. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Stogs, S-T-O-G-H-Z. The H is silent. So, in episode two, we will be tackling another follow-up to a classic, Robocop 2. <gasps> dun, 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 dun. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs>